discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. It's going to manifest. Hallelujah. Can you please take your seat? Hallelujah. It's going to manifest. Now look at what happened. Verse 8. And there were many lights in the upper room where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. As Paul was, and as Paul was long preaching, he sank down with sleep and fell down from the third lift and was taken up dead. Long, say long preaching. And a guy slept. How can you sleep when Paul is preaching? That encourages me when I'm sleeping and people sleep. When I'm preaching and people sleep. Because sometimes when people are sleeping, you are wondering, am I really anointed? Then I realize that even for Apostle Paul, much more on the Mount of Transfiguration, Elijah, Moses, Christ transfigured, the guy slept. Now listen, there are types in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, there are also types. In Philippians 3, Paul said, you have us as our examples. You, are, you, you have us as our tupos, tupos. You have us as types. There are also types in the New Testament. Paul says you have us as types. Now there are, you can find or glean typology, types, truth in this place. Now, eutychos in the Bible means good fortune. Good fortune. And Paul was preaching. The guy was not listening. Listening. Instead of hearing Paul preach, he slept and fell off and died. The church has lost her good fortune because the church is not listening to Paul. The Pauline epistles. You hear what I said? The church has lost her good fortune because we are not giving ear to Paul. The Pauline epistles. Some people say, oh, I love the Gospels, but not the epistles because the Gospels are the very words of Christ. They are red-lettered. But the words of Paul are not, are not Paul's words. The words of Paul are the words of the ascended Christ. <laughs> they are the words of the ascended Christ. And who gives authority to the, to the Bible? Now, you know where the word authority comes from? It's from the word author. Author. You spell author and add I-T-Y. You have authority. The author is the one who gives authority to what he has written. And who is the author of the Bible? The Holy Ghost. He has given authority. So the church, like you, Tychos, instead of listening to Paul, we are dozing off. So the Pauline epistles has not been so much in the church. <laughs> but 
when he fell dead, he fell from the upper room, the third floor. The church, we've forgotten that we reign in heavenly places in Christ. We've forgotten where we are seated <laughs> in the third heavens. <laughs> Almost like we are falling off from our place. But when he fell down dead, Paul went down and embraced him. Before Christ come, the church will embrace Paul one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. And will be taken up alive. <laughs> Glory to God. It's going to happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say hearing and hearing. Now understand that hearing is what gives faith. Romans 10 verse 17. What does Romans 10 verse 17 say? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now have you realized that the scriptures we use, we saw hearing, hearing. Do you remember? In Deuteronomy, we saw hearing, hearing. In Exodus, we saw hearing. It's the same principle here. Why? Because the hearing and the hearing is what gives faith. The Bible says, faith cometh. Faith comes. So you cannot say, I don't have faith. Because if, even if you don't have faith, faith comes. There's a way faith comes. And the way is by hearing. You just have to give yourself to what? To hearing. Because faith comes. There are some believers who think that they don't have faith. That's a misnomer. How can you be a believer without believing? Then how did you become a believer? <laughs> how many of you are believers? Then you have all believed. You read the Acts of the Apostles, the early church, not a single time was a church told to have faith. Not one. Not a single time was the believers, were the believers told to believe or have faith. Why? Because the word was amongst them. Where the word is rich, faith is alive. I'm telling you, where the word is held high and dignified, faith is just common with us. So faith comes. Even if you don't have faith to believe for something, there's a way that faith can come. Now listen, whatever you are believing God for, you know what you have to do. Now if I'm believing God for something, I don't just pray. Don't just pray when you're believing God for something big. Because after praying, you may start doubting what you prayed for. Or after praying, you may still go back asking and asking and praying and praying. And you may even destroy your prayer with worry and anxiety. Take your time and give yourself to hearing. Whatever I'm believing God for, I just find authorities on that subject and I just begin to hear. When I'm bathing, I'm hearing. When I'm dressing, I'm hearing. I hear. After some weeks, my faith has come alive to believe for that thing. Then I pray for that thing. Then the result is inevitable, immutable, and irrevocable. Because I know God cannot lie. God can't even tell me I don't have faith. <laughs> One time, Ken Hagen told Jesus that if you are to come right now in the flesh and tell me I don't have faith, I'll tell you I'm a liar. Can you imagine? <laughs> Audacity. That's what faith, faith came alive. Alive. And you don't have to listen. You have to listen repeatedly. Now, the word hearing and hearing, you know the Greek tense? Present tense continuum ad infinitum. Should I mention it again? Present tense continuum ad infinitum. 
You know what it means? Hear and hear till eternity. You have to hear. hear. There's not a time where you can say, I'm tired, I'm not hearing again. Hear, 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 hear. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just hear, just hear. That's what you have to do. Hallelujah. Because faith doesn't come by having a head. So sometimes, oh, I know it. No, it is present tense. Constantly hearing. Now, what do you hear? Now, do you know that in context, the context for which faith comes here is refers to hearing a preacher. Look at verse 14. It's, it is hearing a preacher. So as you are hearing me, faith is coming. If you hear me on healing, faith comes on healing. Now, look at what it says. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? And you go to verse 17 say, faith comes by hearing and hearing. So the hearing is in context to hearing a preacher. There are two ways by which faith comes. Hearing a preacher and hearing yourself. Now it's very important. Let me show you something. Listen. Faith does not come. Faith does not come by reading and reading the word of God. <laughs> Faith does not come by studying and studying the word of God. Is that what the Bible said? God, God doesn't mean words. God says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by reading and reading the word of God. Faith doesn't come by studying and studying the word of God. It comes by hearing. Why are you looking at me like that? Am I a printing press? <laughs> Am I a printing press? Am I the one who wrote this in the Bible? <laughs> Praise God. Faith comes by hearing. Now listen. There is a difference between belief and faith. You can believe that by his stripes we are healed and still die sick and still die. Even the devils believe that there is God. And they tremble. You can believe that, that you can believe in your heart that I shall not die, but I will live to declare the works of God, but I still die. <laughs> because all these things you have believed in your heart, but it's never enough. Now, faith comes by either hearing a preacher or hearing yourself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 that we also have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. We believe, therefore, we have spoken. It's two things. Now, belief is in your heart. But when you give action to it, it becomes faith. So he says, I believe. That's fine. But nothing happens. It's okay. It's in the heart. Therefore have I spoken. He acted on what he believed. And that's faith. Now listen. 
Praise God. Follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. Now, in the New Testament era, the way they read the Bible is different from the way we read the Bible. We normally, when we open the Bible, we just read. But they didn't do it like that. I'm still explaining what I said. Now, publicly and privately, they read the Bible aloud. So, Paul told Timothy, who was handling the church at Ephesus, till I come, give attendance to reading. Because they read the scripture aloud. They read it aloud. Faith comes by either the preacher preaching or you reading the word of God aloud. And when they were reading the Bible, you know how they read the Bible? Let me give an example. Act 8 verse 30. The Ethiopian Enoch. Act 8 verse 30. Let me show you how they read the Bible. And Philip ran thither and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? How did Philip hear him? He was reading it aloud. He was reading it aloud. So Philip said, Understandest thou? How did he know? Because it was verbal, it was aloud. James 1, verse 25. James 1, verse 25. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Now look at something here. Now look at something. Look at something. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now what is the perfect law of liberty? The New Testament. The Bible. Whoso looketh. To look means to read. Because you are looking into it. So whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Listen. And continueth, continues therein. Listen. He being not a forgetful hearer. He being not a forgetful hearer. So what, what does it mean? As he's reading, he's reading it aloud. So he is hearing himself. He's hearing himself. So, so you know something? When you're reading the Bible, now, now when you read with your, with your eyes, one sense is activated, sight. But when you speak, the hearing is also activated. The sense of hearing. Now, faith doesn't just come, believe it's in your heart, but as you verbalize it, that's where faith is released. Now, you are given expression to what you believe. So you say it, sometimes as you say it, you pause and you say it again. He has said that we may boldly say, I shall not die, when you are reading, I shall not die, but live to declare. You are not just reading, you are believing, your heart is behind it. I shall not die, but I will live and declare the works of God. You are hearing yourself and faith is brought into action. That's how faith comes. So some people have believed, because they have studied and read the Bible, they believe it's in the heart. But they have not given action to what they believe. They have not verbalized it. And the early church always spoke the word. Spoke the word. Spoke the word. Speak it and attach faith to it and faith, something will be happening. That's how come you can read the Bible every day, speaking it. You meditate, you speak it. Meditate, you speak it. Faith is activated. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory to God. I see us emerging as a church of great faith. Faith. A time is coming, eh? When sick people come here, Pastor T doesn't have that time. You people, 
before they come forward, you are going to lay hands for the sick people to be healed. And what will happen is that as the sick person sits by your side and pastor is preaching, so pastor, just concentrate on higher matters. I will take care of it. And the next person sitting by the sick is the one who, one who lays hands. And, so, and it is done. Be quiet. That's why we are being raised. You are being, you are carved for glory. It's a carving. You are being carved for glory. You are being chiseled. You, you are being carved for glory. So all that you are hearing is kind of preparation for what is coming. You have no idea the glory that is emerging in this ministry. You have no idea. Oh, Hallelujah. Can you please be seated? Now, Jesus said two important things I want to bring to our notice. Number one, Jesus said, Take heed what you hear. Mark 4 24. Then he said, Take heed how you hear. Luke 8, verse 18. So, two things. Take heed what you hear. Then take heed how you hear. Now, let me start with taking heed what you hear. In Mark 4, 24. Take heed. So, what you hear is very important. Take heed. Hallelujah. Take heed what you hear. Now, what you hear is very important that Jesus himself is saying, take heed. Sift, sift it. Be careful what you hear. Now, in First Peter chapter, 2 Peter 2 verse 8, something was said about Lot. Something was said about Lot. 2 Peter 2 verse 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul, from day to day by their unlawful deed. You know what happens? Or what happened? Lot, you know who Lot is? The nephew of Abraham. When he went to live in Sodom, initially something happened to him. He saw what these Sodomites were doing and he vexed his soul. The word vex is the word for torture. Initially, initially, he went like, what, what, how can this be? Look at what they are doing. He was actually grieved on the inside. By seeing what they were doing and by hearing the words he was hearing, he was grieved. His soul was tortured. Because he was a righteous man and the people were very ungodly. So he felt it. He was very uncomfortable. But it was just a matter of time. The lapse of time. As time went on, in constantly hearing what was happening around, his spirit became He became acclimatized to the environment accustomed to the environment, he became one with the environment and desensitized so much that now the grief wasn't there again. The torture wasn't there again. For him, after, after a while, he became acclimatized and just became like one of them because of what he was hearing. I'm telling you, what you hear can affect your belief system. What you hear can affect how you live and everything. Especially in our day, Jesus says, take heed what you hear. Especially by the proliferation of media, take heed what you hear. Listen, you have a right to use social media. Use social media, but never allow social media to use you. You know what Paul said, all things are, all things are permissible, 
but not everything is beneficial. All things are permissible, but I will not be brought, I will not be brought under the power of any. Never be brought under the power of social media. Praise God. Never be brought under the power of social media where now social media is determining what you must watch and what you must hear. Jesus says, take heed. Take heed what you hear. But most importantly, take heed what you hear from even preachers. I will recommend to you the, the kind of preacher you should hear. I put it this way. Hear a preacher who carries ashes. Hear a preacher who carries ashes. Say ashes. Now, give me time to explain what it means. Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 13. Hallelujah. Ashes. The kind of preacher you should hear. People like Pastor T. Ah, Makatala. <laughs> Acts 13. Look at what he said. Oh, John 13. Yeah. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour would come and should depart after the, of the world unto his father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Oh, I like that. You know what it means for Jesus to love them to the end? The word end it doesn't mean that Jesus loved them when he met them at when he was departing. It has nothing to do with time. It deals with measure. The word means full extent. He loved them to the fullest extent. A man can, the fullest extent love can love. That's how he loved them. He's, he's not talking about time element. He's not saying he loved them at when he was living. No. He loved them to the very end. He loved them deeply to the very, the uttermost degree love can ever love. That's how he loved them. That is Jesus. Hallelujah. What a love. And look at how he demonstrated. Look at what happened. The next verse. And supper being ended, the devil, having put, now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that he, the Father has given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Oh, my, yeah, man. The next verse. He rises up from supper. Wow. And laid his garment, laid aside his garment, and took a towel and gathered himself. Wow. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was gathered. Then came he, then came he, then came he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So the story says that Jesus took basin and water in a towel and began to wash the feet of the disciples. And he washed their feet. Then Peter asked, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus says, what I do, you have no idea, but you know in the hereafter. It implies that what Jesus was teaching was not just physical washing of teeth. Because it says what I'm doing, you don't, you don't know about it. You'll know about it later. So it is something that is beyond feet washing. Because he said, you don't, you don't know about it. you know about it in the hereafter. What is the significance of feet washing? What does it mean? Of course, there's a place for feet washing in the Bible. But 
he was pointing to something very powerful in this verse. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, the Bible says that, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Look at it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the, in the Greek, the liver, the liver or the basin, the liver of water by the word. In the Old Testament, before the priest would go and save, they had to wash their feet in the liver. It was like a basin. They washed their feet in the liver, in the, in the liver before they can go and save. The Bible says that the water in the liver is the word of God. Praise God. Is the word. And Jesus took a basin and began to wash their feet. Are you here? Jesus took a basin and began to wash their feet. So that is it. He began to wash their feet. And that corresponds to Ephesians 5 verse 26. The basin of water by the way. Or the labor of water by the way. So the whole thing Jesus, Jesus was acting out speaks of the word. Say the word. Please are you following? Alright. Now let's go back to John 13 quickly. Alright. Verse 8. Okay. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. That means you cannot serve with, not in me, but with me. In me means you can't be a believer, but with me means you can't do the ministry with me. You can't flow with me, the ministry. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> the, ne- the next verse. Now this is my emphasis. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needed not to save, needed not save to wash his feet, but is clean every width, but is completely clean. Hallelujah. Now there are two wash here. He that is washed does no need to wash himself except his feet. Now the first wash is a word for bath or bath. Bath in your whole body. It's a different Greek word from the second wash. Jesus says that if you have taken your bath spiritually, you don't need to take your bath again. You only have to wash your feet. There are two different Greek words for wash. The first one is bath. What it means is that when you come to Christ, you, you receive a full bath. You don't have to be born again, again. It's once and for all. But after that, when you're born again, you have to wash your feet every day. Praise God. You have to wash your feet every day. Because why? You still touch the dust of the earth. So there are two washings. The first washing is by the blood. Our sons are washed with the blood. The second washing is with the water of the word. We need to wash our feet every day, and that is the washing from defilement. We are washed from defilement. The blood deals with our sins, but the water of the word deals with defilement. For instance, so every day when you wake up in the morning, you have to be washed. Let the word wash you before you go out. Because sometimes you go out and you gather dust. You come back home with dust. And you have to wash your feet with dust. Like Ken Higgins said that one day, now, Kenneth Hagin had a retentive memory. Now, when he got, he could quote the whole, he could quote the New Testament. He could just quote them. Without having memorized them, he could quote them. Their button. Without having memorized them. Everything. Everything. But in his mid-50s, he couldn't remember anything again. Can you imagine? He couldn't quote again in his mid-50s. So he went to Jesus and asked the Lord that, what is happening to me? And Jesus pointed out to him that, oh, do you remember 
you took hold of a medical article that says that by the time you are in your mid-50s, your mental capacity naturally comes low. You can't remember the things you used to remember. And Jesus told Hagen that you believed when you read. And the instant you believed, it began to affect your memory. You couldn't remember again. So this is how he gathered dust. <laughs> There's a lot of dust. <laughs> That's why the word, the word must wash you. It's not sun, but it's, it's defilement, it's dust. So sometimes you, you, you are driving, there are so many things you read on billboards, radio, things are thrown into your ears by the radio, into your eyes by the television, and it affects your belief system. They'll tell you how a pastor tried to believe God and it didn't work. And this, this, and this happened. From then on, you go like, hmm, this thing, hmm, I don't think it works, so... Pastor says, receive. You say in your heart, me, I should receive. <laughs> because you have gathered dust and you are standing there quietly. So we need to be washed every day. But how do you get washed? Now, either from a preacher or from the word yourself. Now, in the Old Testament, this water by the word is explained. In Numbers 19, verse 2. And in Numbers 19, verse 2, the Bible speaks of the water of purification or the water of separation. And there were two washings or cleansings in the Old Testament, which is the equivalence of what Jesus said in John 13, verse 8 to 10. He that is washed. I spoke of two washings. It's in the Old Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, when you sin, they kill the lamb or the goat and the blood covers your sin. But when you are defiled, you touch a, 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 a dead body, even your relative, you touch a dead, a dead body, or a corpse, or a carcass, you are defiled, they have to sprinkle water on you to cleanse you. So two washings. Are you following? So there's a washing that deals with sin, and there's a washing that deals with defilement, and that's what I show you in John. But the one that deals with defilement, in Numbers chapter 2, by the way, do you know why it is written in Numbers and not Leviticus? It is in Numbers and not Leviticus. If, if it, if, now, the water of purification is not our salvation. If, it, if it, it was our salvation, it would have been in Leviticus. But it was written in Numbers 19. Why? Because Numbers, literally in Hebrew, Numbers is the book of wanderings. It speaks of our walk in this world. So the water of purification is for our walk in this world. And you know how the water was sprinkled? The component of the water... Now, they use ordinary water, running water, water. But there was something in the water. In Amish chapter 19, verse 2, red Haifa, you know Haifa? Haifa is a young female cow. Female. God even specifies the cow. The cow should be female and not male. Because in the Bible, male represents objective truth, female represents subjective truth. Male represent doctrine. Female represent experience. Male represent that which is active. And female represent that which is passive. So the water of purification, it says take a female cow, right, Haifa. Why? Because you are not going to apply to yourself. It is passive. It is Jesus who is going to wash you. Like the way he washed the feet of the disciples. Every morning when you open the Bible, ask the Lord, Lord, wash me. And he will give you the rema before you realize something is dead from within and you are washed. So he's the female, he's the red heifer. Hallelujah. Now listen. Then the red heifer is bent. 
they kill it and they burn it into ashes. They burn it, it becomes into ashes. And they mix the ashes with the water, with water. And they take it and they sprinkle it, sprinkle it upon them. That's the washing of water by the word. So the water has ashes. What, 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 are, what is ashes or what are ashes? Now listen, when the beast is placed on the altar, it is bent until it becomes ashes. Ashes are the final irreducible state of matter. When something is bent to ashes, it can go no further. Can you burn ashes? So it's the final irreducible state of matter. It shows that the sacrifice has been bent. It, is, it speaks of unchangeability or incorruptibility, the unchangeableness of the covenant. God allowed them to keep the ashes for them to, as a reminder that the beast is sacrificed for them, therefore they are free. In the Bible, ashes stands for the finished work of Christ. Ashes is a proof that the work is finished. So what happened was that they mixed the ashes with water. So what was sprinkled over them was the finished work. I'm saying you need a preacher. The preacher who must wash you is a preacher who is not just distributing water or, or sprinkling water on you, but his water, he has ashes because ashes was mixed with the water. I'm saying that the word must be the finished work of Christ. A preacher who preaches the finished work of Christ. A preacher who brings to us as what Jesus has done. The Bible said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing not by the word of God. The English said the word of God. But in the Greek, it's not the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word, not theos, but Christos. Faith cometh by hearing the word of Christ. Preachers who bring to us Christ, and who unravel to us his finished work, tell us what Jesus did, and what Jesus took for us. Hallelujah. That's the kind of preachers I'm talking about. They are the kind of preachers that must, that, who must wash you. Allow them to wash you. Praise God. Jesus says, take heed what you hear. There are many preachers on social media. I know what I'm talking about. People's faith have been affected by hearing the wrong preacher. Listen. Listen to your pastor. Five minutes with Pastor T. Never miss it. Is this still happening? Five minutes with Pastor T. Listen to, listen to it. Listen to your pastor and listen to the people your pastor listens to. And you all know. No, that's the safest place to be. Except you are not called to him. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave every man. The reason why he's leading you is because there's something in him you need. So you have to follow him. It's very important. I've seen people who are now into apost apostasy, indoctrinated by hearing the wrong people. A certain woman called me and said, please, I need help, my husband. My husband was a radio preacher, a sound preacher, but he sat on the computer and stumbled on some preachers. Right now he's saying that Jesus is not God. Right now he's saying that we don't have to go to church on Sunday. Right now he's saying, so, he's saying that we can't even use the name Jesus. It's not Jesus. He's saying so many things. And I said, how did it happen? And she said, my husband said that when, when she sat by the computer, she first told me that, honey, I sense the Holy Spirit doesn't want him to continue. Then he continued. I sense that the Lord wants him to stop. Then he'll continue. And that led him. You may read the wrong thing. It's amazing. And those who read the wrong thing, they think they have found the truth. Anytime you meet someone who said, I just found out the truth, the person just fell into error. Anytime you see someone who said, I just found out the truth, 
he just fell into error. Brethren, the truth has always been there. It is in the body. There is no new truth. There's new, there's light into what is there already. So I just found it. And those people, they separate themselves from the rest. It's not correct. It's not correct. And those people, they, they are not even submissive. They think they know beyond everyone. They have arrived and whatever you tell them. But if, if, if someone is deeply immersed in the word, the sign is humility and teachability. But why do you think you know more than everyone? That kind of knowledge is questionable. Because a genuine, sincere, true knowledge of God doesn't make you proud. They criticize everyone. Speaking evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take heed what you, brethren, what you hear is very important. What is his name? Darwin. Charles Darwin graduated from the Bible seminary. He went into a library. Can you imagine? A Bible, Darwin was a Bible school student who graduated. And found a book in the library and read it and it, it challenged his belief system. I like the way the Pope put it. He said, he read himself into red. He read himself into red and head himself into hell. <laughs> Take heed what you hear. Be in line with the commission you are in. Even in Israel, there are many tribes. There is a reason why you are in Judah and not in Naphtali. There is a reason why you are in Benjamin and not in Asher. In the church, there are many tribes. We are in a certain tribe. And there is a message God has given to us. Let's stay in the tribe which we are in. And God committed to the message which God has committed to us. And we will prosper and be blessed in it. I know my tribe. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know your tribe. They shall walk every man in his way and they shall not break their ranks. Just be there. Take heed what ye hear. Take heed. Praise the Lord. Social media. Oh, this picture, this. So many, so many. I'm not, I'm not interested. Hearing this, hearing this, hearing this, you may hear one word that will affect you forever. Hallelujah. Acts 17, you know the Athenians, those guys, eh, the Bible says that all their whole life, they spend their time doing nothing but to hear and to tell something new. So they are just hearing and to tell something new. When Paul came, they said, what would this babbler say? People are just hearing and to tell something new. That's not the way of Christianity. Let's be in the lane God has put us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There are some people, when you listen to them, as Paul said, your faith will stand in the wisdom of men and not in the power of God. There's a, a billboard at Kabanya. They've written on it. There's nothing like full-time ministry. You, how many of you have seen it? There's nothing like full-time. You've seen it. Full-time ministry. There's nothing like full-time ministry in the Bible. Can you imagine? Someone can tell you if you enter into full-time ministry, you will die poor. And the person may give his testimony. 
after listening, he said, me, in full-time ministry. Never. Remember, your pastor is in full-time ministry, and he's, he's not cursed, he's blessed. Why don't you look to him as an example? You are looking elsewhere. What is right with you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, lastly, Jesus also said, take heed how you hear. Luke 8.18. Not just the what. The what deals with the kind or who. But he also said, take heed how you hear. And people don't hear well. I realize that almost the critics, people who criticize great men of God, the top, top critics, they've not even sat down to listen to, listen to them. There used to be a man of God who never liked E.W. Kenyon. He used to criticize Kenyon, Kenyon, Kenyon. So he visited me, and I told him that I had an encounter, and of, of course I had an encounter. This was 2008, 4th December, 2008. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, 11 p.m. He says, from all over the earth, you must reason with the concept of Kenyon. I heard it. 4th December, 2008. So he, the brother came to visit me and, and I shared with him. So he was amazed. He never said anything. So later on, he came to me that he doesn't like Kenyon one bit. Because he knows that all the problems around is caused by Kenyon. But he said, but when he came back, he said, oh, so is this, he's going to read the book on Kenyon. He said, the man is wonderful. Oh. So is this what people are saying about him? I told myself, is that what you are saying about him? I just said it in my heart. <laughs> he said, the man is so sincere. What he teaches is pure. He said he was so shocked what people have been saying about him. Then I realized that he had never read him, him for himself. It was just information that was passed to him. And it, it, it's, that, that's what happens everywhere. People who criticize Pastor Chris, hardly sit down to listen to him. Those who criticize Bishop Edipo, hardly sit down to listen to him. Those who criticize Joseph Prince hardly sit down to listen to him. It's amazing. But when they sit down, they go like, hey, is that so? Oh, wow. So even for Joseph Prince, a certain man, the top critic in America, who wrote so many things against him, went to see him in Singapore. When he met him, he came and he wrote again that the man is one of the sincerest men he has met on the face of the earth. The man is so pure, he came to apologize all that he has said. So be careful the one you are speaking up about or against. Praise God. Because people don't really hear. People don't hear. For instance, when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani. They said he was calling Elijah. You see what people, they, they didn't say how you hear. They said he was calling, let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. But he wasn't calling Elijah. Men normally don't hear right. When the father spoke from heaven, I have glorified it and I'll glorify it again. They said it had tended. The voice came, but they said it was a tender. Jesus told the Pharisees, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and he was glad. And they said, oh, so you are not even 50 years and you have seen Abraham? They didn't listen well. Jesus didn't say he saw Abraham. He said Abraham saw him. Because he is the greater. Abraham is the lesser. 
So, they didn't listen to him. <laughs> it happens. Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Says God forbid. Paul was quoting what his critics have been saying. Because Paul said in the last verse of the last chapter concerning grace, that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, Paul said, where sin abounded, grace did much more hyper perisio. That means that where sin increased, grace came like the flooding of waters, like a river that has overflowed its banks and flooded the whole place. Then his critics began to say that, where shall we continue to sin that grace may increase? But that's what Paul said. They were criticizing Paul for saying, um, we, 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 when we sing, grace increases. But Paul didn't even say grace increases. The word, the critics use the word pleonazo, but Paul uses the word hyperperisio. They didn't listen well. What Paul said about grace was far more than what they were even criticizing. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that normally people don't hear well. Jesus says, take it how you hear. Even if you are listening to the preacher you love the most, take it how you hear. How do you hear? How do you hear? Job 12 verse 11. Now Job 12 verse 11 tells us or shows us how we must hear. Job 12 verse 11. Job 12 verse 11. Uh, it's not Job. It's Job. You know, some years ago, some people think that if you are looking for a job, you have to read the book of Job. <laughs> it was a believer. Can you imagine? Now look at what Job says. How many of you are tired? Sincerely tired? How many of you are hungry? Are you sure you're not hungry? I was going to release something for you if you're hungry. Now, Adiboye was preaching. Papa Adiboye was preaching. And he said, he just asked, how many of you want cars? Right now, if you want a car, you want a car, lift up, lift up your hands. So a few people lifted up their hands. Now, I'm not saying now. I'm just, <laughs> So he announced in the church. So some, a lot of them, their hands were down, and some few people lifted, lifted up their hands. He made them stand up and distributed car keys to each of them. <laughs> Apparently, that birthday of his, he, had, he warned them that his birthday, he didn't want any car. But he had given him so many cars. I've forgotten the number. If I'm right, I had 1,200 cars or something. There are too many. So he just announced in the church, how many of you want a car? So those who raise their hands, sit there. So I'm asking you right now, how many of you? <laughs> how many of you are believing God for a husband? For a husband, a husband, a husband. You receive your husband in Jesus' name. You are believing for a wife, a wife, a wife. May your wife come rightly in Jesus' name. A house, a house, a house. You receive your house in Jesus' name. A car, a car, a car. Receive your car in Jesus' name. Why do you believe in cars more than a spouse? But when I said wife, the son wasn't like a car. <laughs> Fire is in car. <laughs> Someone said, when your wife comes, when the car comes, 
Your wife will come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look at what the Bible says. Doth not the ear try word, and the mouth taste his meat? You know what it means? He's t- teaching us, Job is teaching us how to hear. Job is saying, the function of the mouth, the discerning function of the mouth is the same as the function of the ear. He's saying that does not the ear try words, just as the mouth tastes his, feet, his meat. Now, if you are eating something, now you go to bu- for a buffet and you, take, you put the first food into your mouth. And all of a sudden you realize that the thing is bitter and sour. What do you do? You spill it out. So, the mouth is tasting the meat to discern whether it is correct or not. He says that the hearing, the ear has the same discerning function just as the mouth has. Now, hallelujah. Now the Bible says that, not the Bible. Let me give an example. Assuming you are eating your favorite fish, maybe catfish or tilapia. How many of you love tilapia? Oh, there's a church of tilapia. I see a lot of hands. <laughs> no matter how nice the tilapia is, what do you do when you take the fish into your mouth? You eat the meat and you spill out the bones, true or false. You love the tilapia, it's good. Yet you don't devour the whole tilapia. You eat what is eatable and you spill out the bones. That is what hearing must be. Does not the ear try words just as the mouth tastes its meat. So what happens is that you are receiving sound word. But the preacher says certain things that are not consistent with the scriptures. They are the bones. Spill it out. Spill it out. Because a preacher can both bless you and curse you at the same time. So you should be, be able to design. Because listen, if you are eating something and you are sus- suspicious about what you are eating, it happened to me. I went to Golden Tulip, man of God. Some years ago, my birthday, someone t- took me there. So I was taking the food. But I sensed that something is wrong somewhere. Because I saw a fly standing on the, on the steel. I wonder how the fly got in there. So I, and I, I felt uneasy, but I still took it. When I went home that day, I had a sleepless night. Not to, not, I wasn't praying. The sleepless night was not praying or reading the Bible. Stomach. We call it food poisoning. The thing was moving through my stomach. <laughs> Pastor Michael was fanning me here. And this person was, I was sweating. Ha! I know someone is saying, but, but are you not a man of faith? <laughs> Whenever you are eating and you are in doubt, don't eat. He that eateth and doubted is damned if he eateth. Because he eateth not of faith. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. <laughs> I'm quoting the Bible. <laughs> in the same way, if you are hearing a preacher and you are in doubt, listen, and you are confused, just hold on. It's not by force. And stop it. And go and listen to your pastor. Hallelujah. Because faith comes by hearing. Fear also comes by hearing. 
you will have faith for whatever is proclaimed. Now, there are certain churches, they have passion for evangelism. The whole church is evangelistic. Why? Because the pastor is always teaching on evangelism. So they have faith for evangelism. You get a certain church, they believe in going through trials and they have faith in standing challenges of life and trials because that's what the pastor is always preaching. You have faith for whatever is proclaimed. You go to another church, you are ministering healing, nobody gets healed. Hardly. Because they have, they have no faith for healing. Because healing is never taught. You go to a church, they know nothing about prophecy. So prophesying doesn't manifest amongst them. Whatever is proclaimed and understood, that is what the evidences will have in the midst of us. Hallelujah. So take it what you hear because you have faith in what you are hearing. Hallelujah. Brethren, I'm done. Now listen, <laughs> you thought I was going to listen. I want you to give yourself to hearing the right message. Whatever you are believing for. Don't quickly pray. Give yourself to hearing. And don't, don't wait until you are believing for something before you hear. Listen until faith becomes your second nature. And you walk in life victorious. You walk in life, life smiling every day. Because you know it as well. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and begin to praise the Lord and glorify the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hearing and hearing. Thank you, Jesus. You are asking the Lord to lead you rightly to what you must hear. All your miracle is in hearing something. It's in hearing. God's, de God's delivery system is in hearing. The hearing of the word. Now lift up your hands towards heaven and ask for the divine supplies. God should lead you to hear rightly and equip you for hearing. Thank you, Jesus. The diligence, the consistency, the discipline, the discipline, the diligence, the consistency, the determination. Thank you, Jesus. Hearing and hearing. Shikaka, shikaka. Shikaka. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hearing. 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 The hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. Redeeming the time. The days are evil. Lift up your hands. The canopy of his glory is all over us. Oh, lift up your hands, lift up your heart. The canopy of his glory. The canopy of his glory is spreading all over us. The word comes alive. It comes alive. It comes alive. It comes alive. Thank you, Father. And as your hands are lifted, be immersed in the glory of His grace. In the name of Jesus.
we are radically transformed in his glory thank you Jesus to him alone be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations and age of the ages God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.